Wright. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc Podcast, big baseball version today. We're on the road, uh, actually at spring training, brought the kids, uh, et cetera, baseball, Padres, et cetera. Sorry for the setup uh, at a friend's house and uh, figuring out the lighting and the sound and away from the kids that are still sleeping here. But very special guest today, and we'll lead off with our very special guest, Mr. Baseball, Jason Stark. And we did pre-record this, and we did it, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which you want to say, right before the Reese Hoskins injury. Jason is a very big Phillies fan, and uh, the, the guys, you guys, everyone did a really good job of that. You got the video quickly. We looked at it, and unfortunately, I mean, look, in-game, preseason game, we said we worried about that ACL, and unfortunately, that is now true, and his season is done with really no chance to come back. Uh, you know, perhaps, who was it that came back for a limited role after an April ACL in the World Series, there was one guy in a few years ago. He played a tiny bit DH uh, stuff, but realistically, Reese Hoskins is done for the season. But let's roll with the Jason Stark guest segment first, then we'll come back and finish off the rest of the stuff where we'll talk NC2A, NBA, and of course, a lot of baseball. We got to kick off the baseball season with a special guest and no one better than Jason Stark, uh, Mr. Baseball, uh, for our podcast to kick off the season. Welcome to the show for a second time. Thank you. Dr. Chow, always good to be with you. You know what's funny is, uh, Jason, people's like, oh, pro football doc, you know, how, why are you talking baseball? Look, the reason why is I started doing football because I had almost two decades of experience as a head team physician. I actually, Jason, have baseball experience. I was an assistant young helper doc with the Cubs. (laughs) And, you know, I helped with the Twins. I I manned spring training some and and what have you. But my baseball experience is not as tremendously vast. And, you know, football has more traumatic injuries, although baseball is getting more and more now, right? Traumatic injuries. Heck, if we just look at the – World Baseball Classic, right? We got a couple of them uh, uh, at the end there. Uh, how is that? Is is the grumbling still there about injuries and World Baseball Classic, or is that just upset Mets fans and, and Astro fans? Well, I don't blame any Mets fan for being upset or any Astros fan for being upset, but you know as well as I do, you know better than anybody that injuries happen. If you're going to play sports, that somebody's going to get hurt doing it and it you know it just like it's terrible when it happens in a celebration like it did to edwin diaz it's terrible when a pitch gets away and and a a hitter as talented as jose altuve breaks his finger Uh, i understand but if you don't want players to get hurt then just put them in bubble wrap and never play sports Uh, right like juan soto made it through the whole world baseball classic went back to spring training was playing just a, uh, a casual game on a minor league backfield and hurt his bleak. So it, it just happens because it's the nature of sports. Um, sorry about that. It's terrible. Yeah, and, and so Atuve, I think, we think, actually looking at video, it actually seemed to have hit his left hand first and then his right thumb. And uh, right. right thumb is probably the better, quote, thumb, if there is one, and surgery. But I think eight to t- ten weeks is – a good timeline like he'll be back and ready to go right at that timeline diaz unfortunately is obviously done for the season and 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 jason i that one we got lucky on i guess i mean there wasn't even any video of it actually happening he was in this celebration jumping up and down but based on how his knee was bent and drooped and the looks of it that's why we wrote and published that night that our fear was patella tendon rupture which is kind of calling a zebra, right? I mean, uh, that's uh, something unusual. In medicine, we have a saying, if you hear 
hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. And jumping up and down in a pile, you'd say, well, is that his ACL, whatever. But we're like, yeah, that, that was a weird one. And it probably just was mistimed, right? I mean, people are on his shoulders hugging him. And, and instead of in rhythm, because they don't practice the celebration, he's going up as everyone else is coming down, right? And all of a sudden, he's got all this extra load on his kneecap and patella tendon. Very, very unlucky injury. Yeah. You know, you know what, though? Uh, it's amazing that more athletes in all sports don't get hurt in those celebrations. There's a lot of stuff happens that I think makes the, the people in the middle of them conducive to injury. You know, especially in baseball, you have those mound piles. Uh, that, that's a nightmare waiting to happen. You know, it's a broken, broken bone, blown out knee wait, waiting to happen. And it's incredible to me it doesn't happen more. And jumping up and down in a, with a bunch of people, uh, it's fluky, but it is dangerous. It's more dangerous than it looks. Um, there, there are, you know, there are celebration injuries that happen every year. You know, I keep track of all the weird and wild stuff that happens every year. It happens every year. It's just really rare that it happens like this. Um, you, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen the, the reporting that we've done in The Athletic, but um, our mess writer, Will Salmon, reported a couple of days ago that because uh, they were able to get him uh, examined, uh, scanned, treated, operated on as quickly as they did, it does raise the possibility that he somehow comes back by the end of the season or by the postseason does that seem realistic at all to you? Well, look, it's great that he got immediate care. And, uh, you know, but, okay, so his timeline got sped up by a day or two or a week. It, okay, does that help on the back end? Maybe. But this is a major tendon injury, and the last thing you can do is rush him back and then end up with an elbow or shoulder issue, right? And uh, as you know, you pitch with your legs, Right. And, you know, if you're pitching with your arm or your back, you're going to get hurt. Uh, pitchers all have strong legs. You pitch with your legs. So it's not just a matter of getting the patella tendon to heal. It's getting the quad muscle strong and back in complete rhythm. So I think it would be a stretch. I won't say impossible. I'm not questioning the work of your uh, ace beat reporter. And yes, you know, if you would have delayed by two weeks, that might be the two weeks that would be on the back end of a postseason. But boy, uh, I think it's uh, chances are 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 not good uh, that he will return this year. And probably, as always in baseball, you want to play the long game, right? And uh, and uh, so I don't, I'm not counting on it, unfortunately for. Uh, Mets fans, it was a freak injury. And you're right, Jason, celebration injuries happen. If I remember correctly, a year ago or more, the previous year, was it Cody Bellinger with a shoulder, or was it two years ago with a shoulder with the Dodgers? Yeah, that was 2020, uh, right? But he, that was the, yeah, exactly. It happens in football all the time. Everyone knows Martin Gramatica tore his yeah. ACL celebrating that field goal. I, I remember Justin Houston, I believe it was, tore his ACL celebrating the sack. That's It's definitely happened. Um, we used to have a guy on our team, the, the San Diego Chargers, uh, Marcus Harris, unbelievable athlete who, who I don't even know the term of it, but every time he got a sack or made a play, would, would do a gymnastics routine and do a double back hamstring and ham handspring or whatever backwards and stick the landing. And I always be nervous that, that something would happen to him, but it never did. He was a, and, and this was in full pads and everything, right? Wow. And he would go and do, he's a D lineman uh, edge rusher. And he would go do that very athletic individual. But yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's, you know, the, 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 the reason this is particularly tough is he's, he's just irreplaceable. He's the be very best at what he does in the sport. And so, you know, it's just, it's really difficult to accept one like this. Uh, like, you know, we had some fluky ones last year in the postseason. Uh, Lance McCullers from the Astros uh, cut his hand on a champagne bottle already. They had to push him back a few days to be pitched. Uh, David Robertson was a reliever for the Phillies. Uh, Bryce Harper had a home run. He jumped up, came down, I think turned his ankle. He, he was off the roster for a round, came back in the World Series. 
But, you know, to lose a guy for the season who you literally cannot replace because nobody's as good as him, that's about as rough as it gets. Yeah, and, and, and I get why. But, you know, I kind of like the uh, World Baseball Classic. From I mean, it's kind of like – uh, for golf, the the Phoenix Open, right? I mean, the the, the noise and the cheering and the the sound and uh, hopefully uh, it, it was it was exciting. But obviously, Mets fans don't want to see it happen again, you know, uh, which is too bad. I think. Uh, I mean, Otani versus Trout was pretty spectacular, right? I mean, just epic baseball theater, epic. And uh, you know, I I, I wa- often wonder as a fan of baseball, as a chronicler of baseball, a teller of baseball stories, who writes the scripts? I don't know who wrote that script, but it was incredible theater. And no, it was, it was, uh, it was incredible. Then just the so, greatness of Otani on display in that moment and every moment. I don't know, you tell me, has there been a more talented human being playing any sport than that guy? Not that I remember. Well, I mean, you would know better than me, especially in the baseball world, how he's top pitcher and top hitter, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, in theory, Babe Ruth, right, was a pitcher too, but I don't know how good of a pitcher. Never he did was. both at that level at the same time. Was great at both, but not at the same time. Yeah, which is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. So, uh, since you're the professional uh, media guy, and I'm just a guy doing injuries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Feel free to jump in. I hear you have some questions, or you wanted to ask some questions. Feel free. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's a, uh, you know, I live in Philadelphia, and uh, yes, you know, so I, I, I hear I'm, I hear all the time about, about the Phillies and what they're up to, and people are always asking me about the Phillies and the Bryce Harper injury situation is really interesting. Um, you know, he hurt his elbow early last season, uh, DH'd through the season, through the postseason. And then because the World Series ended November 5th, he didn't have Tommy John surgery until I think it was just a couple of days before Thanksgiving, if I remember right. Okay, so um, just this week, um, the Phillies could have placed him on the 60-day injured list, didn't do that. And Dave Dombrowski, who is uh, the president of baseball ops for that team, said the reason was didn't want to close that door. Um, was it possible he could be back um, before the end of May, which would mean playing rehab option type minor league games in the middle of May? They wouldn't rule that out. But uh, Dr. Chow, that's under six months of recovery time. So I'm curious how realistic it is for anyone who has Tommy John surgery to be back playing baseball games, professional baseball games in under six months. Well, I think it's realistic depending on the situation, right? We talked about Otani. Otani had Tommy John surgery and returned, I think it was in seven months to hit. Right, between seven and eight, right? Closer to to two years to pitch, but about seven months plus minus to hit. Is it possible for Bryce Harper to return in six weeks and under? Yes. Well, first of all, you got to understand he hit all last season with a torn ulnar collateral ligament. And there is some help to it being his right throwing elbow, but he hits left-handed a little bit less stress based on the forces there. And he's used to hitting and playing with a lax ligament in his elbow. He did it all last season. So as long as he's healed to the point where He's not going to do further damage. I don't think he's going to stress that ligament much. It does not surprise me that the Phillies are not putting him on the 60-day IL, not only based on timeline, but also he's Bryce Harper. If you can get him back <laughs> weeks before, you you don't put him down, right? I mean, if he's the 25th guy on the squad, oh, you know, look, you're you're putting him down uh, for the yeah, – he's, he's, he's a franchise changer. But let me ask you a question here. I mean, you were talking about Edwin Diaz, and you used the phrase, it's important to play the long game. So, uh, fellas don't want Bryce Harper to spend the rest of his career as a DH. And if he re-injures this elbow, um, you know, that, that becomes a scenario. The long game is to take your time to follow the program that is laid out for you 
not push it because you feel good, but you have a brand new elbow. So of course it feels good. It never it hasn't done anything. Uh, I think that's the counter argument to what you're saying. I, I, you don't rule anything out for a world-class athlete, but isn't that the counter argument? You are absolutely correct there, Jason. And I had also forgotten your timeline, correct, that it was November, right? Because the yeah. World Series was so late, et cetera. November, so less time to turn around for, for Bryce Harper. But here's the thing, and here's what you have to understand. When you're taking injury risk, it depends on – the individual situation. I fully expect the Phillies to be conservative before they put him in right field, before they make a throw home or to third base from right field where you don't have always full warm-up, right, even though you toss the ball between innings, et cetera. That is higher risk for your elbow than than even a controlled ramp-up for pitching, you might say. Obviously, pitching's yeah. harder because you're doing more and repetitive. But just all of a sudden – you know, off balance, feeling a ball, trying to make a throw. I think the Phillies will be very conservative in putting him back in right field, especially with last year's new rules of DH in the National League. But I think hitting what I'm saying poses less risk than people think. The bigger risk is for throwing. For example, if Bryce Harper was a pure DH and never playing in the field, and we know he's not, I don't know that he needs to have the surgery. I mean, we have lots of athletes that are non-throwing. Like, we see it in football all the time. It's an example. Unless you're a quarterback, you tear your own collateral ligament, you don't even have it fixed in the NFL, and you still wrap and play and do things. So hitting puts less stress on the ulna collateral than throwing, and that's why I think the Phillies might feel more comfortable pushing that a little bit I don't think they're going to go crazy, right? If his elbow's sore or hurting at all, they're not going to let him hit. But do I think he can beat the 60-day IL return? I would bet on it. Now, when, you know, obviously needs to be discussions with the GM, the coaching staff, the athletic trainer, the team doctor, and and the player, right? And uh, remember, the player always has a vote, too. Uh, one of the things I always say for football, I think it's germane for baseball, too, return to play is a three-headed monster, okay? It has to be, it's like for the law of the land, and I'm not trying to be political, like going back to uh, government or politics, you know, there's the Congress, the President, the Supreme Court. They each has power over the other, right? Veto power and this, that, the other, etc. In any athlete returning to sport, it's the player has a vote, and the player could be the agent, the dad, the you know, the player himself, whatever. But the player side, um, the uh, uh, the uh, medical obviously has a vote, right? Whether it's the athletic trainer, physical therapist, doctor, surgeon, and the team has a vote, right? Whether it's the coach, position coach, the GM, or ownership, right? And it has to be three unanimous yes votes for it to be a go. Without the three, it's it's not happening. So each party can slow down the process. At the beginning of the last season, Ronald Acuna Jr. had this. We were saying at Sports Injury Central, he's going to DH. He's not playing in the field. And there was a surprise midnight text, right? You remember that? And all of a sudden, he was playing in right field. And we were like, and, and my guys in, in our office were giving me a little bit of grief. Like, I thought he said he wasn't playing. I said, what can I tell you? I don't think he's ready to play in right field. And it was a short-lived experiment, right? At the beginning. Well, he played. He, look, he played a lot of right field, but he wasn't ready to play right field. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, he wasn't ready in, in my mind, and and uh, uh, so forth. So, anyways, so there's a lot that goes into Bryce Harper's return, not just the doctor saying yes. I mean, the athlete has to feel comfortable, right, and want to do it. And knowing Bryce Harper a little bit, I think he will always want to say yes. But the team may want to play the long game, and you're right, but. The risk of hitting is just not as great as the risk of throwing a ball. So I think they're able to push it a slight little bit. Yeah, I, you know, you just – the way you compared uh, throwing the baseball from right field to what a pitcher does was really interesting because I, I've used that comparison myself. And it's why I think they're best, they're best served by following the Otani plan to the letter, and that is having him DH throughout 2023. 
and then not really ramp up to throw a ball and play the outfield again until 2024. You know, he's got a million, he's got nine more years under contract. So take your time. Uh, that's what and, I and, and, and the other thing I'd say is, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, harness a, a world-class athlete who plays all out. But uh, I would argue that there's more danger in a head-first slide with that elbow out, getting the elbow caught and tweaked, than, than perhaps at the plate. So That's maybe That's something he'll do. slides, you know. They'd have to stress that to him not to do that because it's his instinct to always do that, stretch, try to stretch every single into a double, every one. I mean, it's 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 hard, right? I mean, uh, and and it's in their nature, guys like that, to go all out and to 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 try and get them to change that pattern is is uh, is uh, difficult. But I'm sure uh, it it can be done. You also mentioned the oblique on uh, Juan Soto. The only thing he's got going from there is as a left-handed batter, it's his left oblique. So perhaps you know, look, obliques are bad. Apparently, it's my, mild. Hopefully, it is. And of course, I'm in San Diego, so my son's a big Padre fan, and the and the whole deal. So I'm hoping that won't be a long-term absence. You know, uh, uh, for a left-handed batter, a right oblique is worse, but any batter oblique is a big deal. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's easy for us to say it's mild. It hurts. I mean, you've got an oblique. Uh, like talking to guys who've had it, it's hard to do anything. It's hard to even sleep. You know. Um, it just takes time to heal. Um, and so that's, that's going to just be a source of frustration for him and that team, isn't it? Well, you know, the Padres are starting out with some bad luck. I mean, the only good news is so far Tatis looks okay, but he's, of course, going to be gone for 20 games before he comes back. Uh, you know, Joe Musgrove and the kettlebell on his toe and, and Austin Nola with a ball off the nose and a broken nose. And, you know, now Soda. I mean, that's it's a interesting uh start to the season here so thankfully the so far they're all short-term type injuries but uh they obviously can uh, build up so with all the jason with all the new rules changes and i know you've been all over that um in terms of the rules of baseball but do you see any have any worries does anyone related to injuries in terms of the rule changes do you see anything any worries that pop into your head yeah, I mean, there's some interesting questions about that. Uh, like, you know, I've been, I've been the rules change writer for yes. quite a while now, all spring. It's really mostly what I've done. And most of this has worked great. The games are 25 minutes shorter, 25 minutes. And it just, it's all dead time. Um, that part's great. I, I think there are a couple potential worries for Indy, though. Um, and this is one that people have speculated about, and that is pitchers, pitchers' health um, without the recovering time of taking all the time they need between pitches, uh, given the velocity that pitchers throw these days. And the interesting thing, Dr. Chow, is that in the minor leagues last year, there was actually a decrease in the pitcher injury rate. But the, you know, We had a, a pitcher coach for the White Sox a week or so ago expressed concern that uh, he he felt like the lack of recovery time between pitches was a danger and an injury risk. And so I'm really curious what you think. Well, I think it depends on the athlete, right? I mean, it may affect some more than others. Uh, and, uh, you know, but also it's just a quick change. I mean, they've been doing it their, all their lives this way and all of a sudden to change, I think, that that is something, uh, you know. You can make the argument that uh, uh, if you're on the bench less between innings, in other words, you get back on the mound more quickly, you're not cooling off. You don't have to get warm up, cool down all the way, and warm up if it's a long inning. So there's a potential upside there. But obviously, how often can you continue to again and again and again do throwing at 100 miles an hour like a lot of these guys do, right? In in terms of uh, so I think one of the effects might be, I think coaches and, and pitching coaches are going to pay very close attention to fatigue. And we already have quick hooks nowadays. I mean, uh, you know, I, the, the podcast we did prior to this one with you, 
we were talking NBA basketball and load management, right? And uh, and the effects on injuries and, and so forth. Uh, baseball's been doing load management longer than the NBA's been doing load management, right? And, uh, and, you know, look, when I was growing up, the relief pitcher pitched the eighth and ninth inning and maybe the seventh, right? That's how old I am. And it was a four-man rotation, right? Uh, and now it's a five, six-man rotation, the eighth inning guy, the setup guy, the ninth inning guy, et cetera. And I think that may come into play more that where, you know, uh, if they see a guy tiring out and his mechanics changing to prevent injuries with the quicker pitch clock, uh, you may end up with a slightly quicker hook this year. You know, it's it, um, it's interesting that you say that um, just in the, in the minute or so I've got left, um, because what people in baseball would tell you is like that era that you referred to back then. Uh, pitchers had to navigate their way through a game without throwing every pitch as hard as they could humanly throw it. And uh, we had a lot fewer injuries back then than we have now. And so maybe the fact that there's less recovery time, the moral of the story is find other ways to do it uh, besides just throwing every pitch as hard as you can at max effort. You think that's feasible? Uh, you know, uh, you know, that's a baseball pitcher's question and and uh, and uh, maybe. But, you know, I, I'm also interested in some of the fun things that happen instead of, you know, at the ballpark, you know, you've got mound ball and things, you know, traditional games that, that kids and people play. Uh, uh, my guess is there'll probably be a lot of uh, fake uh, pitch clock countdowns right, <laughs> to try and, you know. Yeah, like it's like always been a fear opposing yeah. shot clock violations or things you know for basketball right i mean so who knows i i think there'll be some interesting twists and turns here with the rules that we may not uh anticipate there uh but uh anyways jason thank you so much for your time it's great to kick off baseball season with you we'll make it an annual tradition and visit again and we can ever help you thank you uh so much again and hopefully i'm delivering a little bit of good news for you for phillies and and what have you a little bit of hope and optimism and the fact that there's negative news for the mets probably is even better or as good (laughs) i don't like i i don't i really don't root for any team i certainly don't root for anybody to get hurt Um, no i'm just joking about that but thank, (laughs) thank you again and we'll take a quick break here and we'll return for the rest of the uh Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc Podcast. Thanks again, Jason. Thank you, Dr. Chow. All right. Thanks to Jason Stark again, and we'll do part two of the podcast. Meanwhile, the research was what you say, uh, Kyle Schwarber tore his ACL in April, came back for the World Series, didn't do much. But, of course, Taylor, Mr. Phillies fan, says, oh, for sure, Hoskins is coming back and playing in the World Series. And, of course, the rest of us just chuckle. I mean, Philly's got to get to the World Series first. You got to get by the Padres. Yeah, wasn't a problem last year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> reloaded this year, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new look Padres, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, get to the rest of the thing. Okay, so big news. Uh, actually, in spring training yesterday with my uh, son and daughter. Uh, I probably will tweet some stuff out. The Padres are really nice. Uh, they met a lot of players. My son had a his new Bogarts jersey. He got that signed by Bogarts. They yeah, got a bunch nice. of stuff. I, I probably should call them and bring in their balls and who's uh, who's who. <coughs> and uh, everyone from Trevor Hoffman to uh, Manny Machado to Joe Musgrove, and, you know, they're – you know, the little little baseball rats in jerseys, you know, with the balls. They, the Padres are nice. They, they let them go back and watch some uh, stuff uh, a little bit privately. And uh, they, uh, thanks to uh, Josh Stein, and uh, they, had, they had some fun. Now, during that time when they were doing their little kids-only tour, Dad's Not Invited, I had to go and find something to do. And uh, we ended up at a... Uh, sports bar just to find something to do and watch the Aztec game. And uh, we actually started some pretty good I Believe chants at the end of the game. Not me. There you go. That was intense. Did you guys, Mr. San Diego Staters, believe or no? I believe it was a foul at the end. 
hundred <laughs> percent. That was a foul. It's just like the uh, James Bradbury. If you want to uh, reference what different, it's a foul. I know you don't want to call it there, but he was holding. He was tugging onto his hip and tugging him down. So it's a foul. It's just at the zero point zero minute mark. You don't want that to be the. Yeah, no, I, you don't want that. But yeah, yeah it, of course, the room didn't. You know, depends on who you were, right? If you were Aztec fan, is a great call and. Yeah, but here's the thing. There were six seconds left. Why did they inbound the ball and then play around and dribble out to the outside? I mean, even if, if there's no foul, you have no chance at a rebound. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and you didn't have enough time to drive all the way to the hoop. You had to pull up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think they lucked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I noticed, look, I'm not – when my son plays basketball, he's 10. One of the things the coaches say every time is when you get, besides dribbling with your head up, right? They're 10. Every time you get the ball, you need to look at the basket and be a threat. Half the time the Aztecs were just, I mean, there's only certain guys that wanted to look at the basket, right? I mean, scoring's not a specialty. I love Coach Dutcher, the whole program, but they got to really attack or do something. Uh, It'll be interesting. At least they get FAU, so they got a chance. Yeah, yeah. Gonzaga UCLA game was good on the other side too. The uh, seemed like the UCLA injuries finally caught up. UCLA injuries finally caught up, and I and and I think the uh, NC two A and the refs got enough grief about Drew Timmy's traveling, is they weren't going to let him do it at all. They called like three of them. I saw that. You're right. I, there's like two. They're like, oh, it's traveling. He looked at the refs like, what? I'm like, yeah, he didn't get that last his, game. His moves guess. don't change. It's just they started calling him. Yeah, well, I mean, he took six steps in the social right. media clip. <laughs> you know, uh, anyways. And then, yeah, at the end, uh, the, the only thing that I think we were wrong on is we did a lot of the NC2A stuff is, well, we actually knew that uh, the Miami Center was going to be fine by now. We just thought in the early rounds. Yeah, right? no, he probably outperformed yeah. his ankle even in the early rounds. But by now, he's good to go, mm-hmm. and certainly for the Final Four. So, Omir, Norchad Omir should be fine. No, no big deal. This should be exciting. You guys going to Houston? Yeah, right away. <laughs> Virtually, <laughs> I oh, look, there are no flights. Yeah, I no, bet. Not at all. They're all yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone plays will be cheaper than most years. Well, first of all, because it's a NHL NFL stadium, there's gonna be eighty thousand people. Yes, yes, we Your view from the top deck won't be that good, but they probably won't be that expensive. <laughs> I mean, there are no blue blood programs, right? Yeah. Right. Um, what I wanted to talk about is uh, Kansas State. We did think uh, Norwell uh, was going to have an issue with his ankle. He did outperform, I would say. He had his usual 20 and 10, you know, 10 plus assists. He's been a star of this tournament. Um, is this another game that it could maybe affect him, or is this something that he can put in his rearview mirror now? Norwell? Yeah. They're out. Well, they get, yeah, they got knocked out by FAU. Oh, well, so I'm so sorry. Yeah. But what, <laughs> I, I, there. No, I'm, a uh, um, I, I'm picking against K-State in the final four. <laughs> what did you think of ankle, though? Was that just a small minor ankle sprain, or did is that just a final game he was going to play, so he was going to play through it? And uh, He's going to play, play through it. I mean, um, but, yeah. Play, I took play. it under assist because you said some stuff, so I have yeah. a little bit of a grudge. Gotcha. You want to uh, go basketball, NBA, or baseball next? Now let's go, LeBron. He finally made it back. <laughs> coming off, coming off the bench, like you suggested, Doc. Like you, uh, you thought he would as they ease him back in. I didn't see the game. They've been doing all right without him with the new lineup. There's probably an acclimation period, right, of him playing with some of his new teammates. Um, interesting his comments, though. Uh, two doctors. He claims they said surgery, and then he saw the LeBron James of feet, whatever that. You can't means. say that. You can't say that. Come on. No, no, no. He still told himself. Sorry, but they can't say something. Here's my question: 
is he saying he saw a third opinion or is he saying he asked himself? That's a good yeah. question. <laughs> the reason right. I asked that is um, the follow-up question was what country was he from, which was an interesting question because I would have said, what state? Was this a local doctor or did right. you fly somewhere? What yeah. state, right? Um, the question was, what country? And he said, I don't know. Which is, that was odd. Yeah, that was an odd like second line of question. Which, which then led me to believe he asked himself or someone who wasn't a doctor, right? I mean, he, he asked the only person he trusted, which is himself. No, Le, LeBron yeah. James of feet might be himself. I don't know. I don't know. That's another. <laughs> I, I don't know. But we've been thinking all along this plantar fascia. This is why he's not 100%. But if it really is a tendon, there's no way it's a major tendon, right? It's not an Achilles tendon. It's not a posterior tip tendon. It's at most a perineal brevis tendon, something that you can try and play through, which, you know, he finished the game that he hurt it on. That'll be interesting. Um, here's the thing. It's not like an ankle sprain that, okay, he played uh, – 30 minutes this game, he's going to play 36 the next and be 100%. The ramp up is not going to be like that. It's going to be more flat. Flat, yeah. Yeah. I will say I watched the game. Um, he's not the kind of person that listens to bench units. He did stay out there longer than he should have on multiple shifts with the second unit. Um, but yeah, you were right. He was uh, tentative. He didn't look great. He was, uh, he did drive, he did get uh, eight free throws. So he got lucky with some points, but led team scoring. Just yeah. barely, but yeah. Not tell you, usual uh, I went to the I took my son to the Sun 76ers game. I was impressed at how Embiid, Joel Embiid, is a man among boys. He is a big boy. I mean, size-wise, not just height, but like he is a big boy. And um pretty clearly he was frustrated. Frustrated by the smaller Suns players guarding him, you know, like gnats around him, yep. but also clearly not a hundred percent. If you didn't know he was injured, you'd almost call him lazy. And I don't think that was the case. It was a back to back on the road and one key play in the second half where he ended up with the ball underneath the rim and he didn't even dunk it. He, I mean, he it was like an old school, almost college work dunk, you know. <laughs> he he can barely dunk it. He didn't want to jump. Yeah. Yep. He's. You remember I showed you the quote after the game. He said he's tired. I mean, like you said, he played the first end of the back to back in Golden State. He thirty seven minutes, forty six points. Like he did score twenty eight and thirty two. But like you said, it's like he's pushing for those twenty eight. Right? They don't look good. Like he's not. I mean, in honestly, it was a. 12-year-old playing against 10-year-olds in terms of size. I mean, so he's going to get his points. But uh, Well, uh, it's interesting, too. I, he's going to play tonight, too, because they play the Nuggets. So he he's not mentioning any Jokic matchups. I would, I would argue he's only playing because of the MVP race. I mean, yes, they, he did the, see in the, the Sixers can only drop to fourth. They're, they're good in the standings playoff-wise. He, he knows he has to keep playing and keep proving himself. He can't just sit towards the end of the season. In the quote, he said he needs a day off. He's said that quote, so he does know that. But yeah, this is arguably a game where he might have, but now he can't. Well, he needs the question is: Is he just tired, or is it the calf? Common. It has to be a combination of both, right? He played forty-four minutes two days before to thirty-seven. Like he's playing way more than he should for a guy of mm -hmm. his size, and he can play maybe thirty-five, not thirty-eight to forty-two every single night. You know? Yeah. All right. What else you guys got? Kevin Durant's uh, close. Kevin Durant's close. Uh, Timberwolves got their pieces back. Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Anthony Edwards just played yesterday after missing three games with the ankle sprain. So everyone's in that that final push. Of the NBA. That was a quick quick turnaround for him. Good job. Yeah, he did Edwards quite as dynamic. Though. Yeah, yeah. Five for four. He's gonna be out there. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson requested a trade, Doc. Surprised oh, to hear I that. that. There, the there trade. Any... It just came out when we were in the middle of our, our pod. I was, I was trying to tie it to injuries, but a guy that missed the last two seasons says, I'm done with you, team. 
Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting, uh, he's requested a trade. I mean, uh, the owners meetings are out here in Arizona. Did he do that on purpose? Because I'm reading it now. There's like pictures of Harbaugh stepping away from all the coaches and taking phone calls. They're asking about the tweets. Like, I haven't seen the tweet yet. Like, definitely did this in the middle of time in it for the right? meeting. That's and then you're making your coach kind of look a little weird by not knowing what's going on. Right. It, it doesn't look good as a whole. Yeah. It's, I, I, I don't know. There's some mystery to this. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, you would think that if he was really trying to make this splash and other things, maybe he should uh, be out in Arizona and do the, uh, Jerry Maguire walk. <laughs> you know, through the lobby of the Arizona Biltmore. <laughs> That'd be great. There's a... That wasn't that old. That was a better reference. It was usually you go earlier. I've seen Jerry Maguire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. What gone. year was Jerry Maguire? 92, maybe? Maybe 94? That's, that's not any that's older than guess. any of the other references that I've made. How old it's is Brady? Than us. Brady Bunch. <laughs> what's, what's Brady Bunch? Well, okay, it's not Animal House. Right, but, See, but yeah. 92, were you even born in 92? Exactly that year. I wasn't watching. I have seen it. I didn't watch it. Well, that's what I mean. So you got to get caught up. Oh, that, that reminds me. I got a lot of grief online. I posted a picture of James Harden. Like, uh, I thought you did. I wa- you did get a lot of grief for that. Yeah. I, I was like, what is he wearing? And I was commenting as much as this purple velour suit. Okay, I get the the ice and whatever. And then apparently in a t-shirt that was iconic little Kim album. I will admit. That was an you ready? You went after little Kim. That was a problem for people. I I asked an innocent question. What is he wearing? Okay. I'm not in the know. I got all these comments. Why don't you listen to a rap album sometime? And I'm like, albums? Do they make albums anymore? I mean, <laughs> Kardashian comment. You're you're like, that's a little Kim, and you're like, you mean Kim Kardashian? And people- oh, I put the laughing emoji. Yeah. Come on. I mean, can we have a little fun? Yeah, they. Were- I will admit, like, I I know I've heard little Kim song, but see, you guys know I'm not the only new music I've listened to. The kids in the car, right? I don't really, you know. <laughs> listen to a lot of music nowadays really and I'm old and, but an album i don't know yeah. i've listened to an album since they actually made albums <laughs> the one thing you were right about the picture doc he's a little hefty for sure he's not he's not, all that stuff about him and his weight and stuff he always is a little round he's got broad shoulders man and, yeah. and, and yeah. i don't know i was honestly my comment was was more than half about the suit than than the t-shirt the t-shirt was the threat i don't know how many people are getting that i i noticed it because my dad loves rap that but i mean like i'm not sure someone's looking at that shirt and being like little kim you should know that i don't think that's like but like well everyone took what you wear negative i wasn't close enough to see that that was a recognizable person right right. (laughs) kind of thing and uh the other thing that's interesting is i got some comments like you're so white. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's so stupid. <laughs> but whatever. I'm, sur- I'm surprised you I mean, didn't that's, touch. That's right. I'm surprised you didn't touch the Drewski one, Doc. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't touch the Drewski one, the guy falling down the steps. Oh. Yeah. But see, like, I only did that because people were tweeted at me to comment on it. And, uh, you know, and, and the old, I would have not done that. But he tweeted it himself. Yes, he and was, was self-deprecating. It. Yes, which right. made it fair game to have some fun, high ankle Patrick Mahomes. If this right. was a fan doing it and he was really hurt badly or something, I wouldn't have touched it. I'm not trying it to pick on anybody, bad, right? but he tweeted it himself. Yeah. People yeah. tagged me. I was like, oh, okay, we can have some fun and be lighthearted. That's the problem with with. You know, like email and other things. I don't think you get the full uh, intonation and what people yeah. mean, right? And, yeah. and, and maybe we don't get the full intonation what people mean when they're replying either, to be fair. But like, when yeah. someone says you're white, Doc, you I get that part, and that doesn't make sense. No, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, whatever. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's fine. Why has it got to be about color? Right. <laughs> Uh, 
we'll hit some football ones real quick. Uh, just some off-season surgery news since we last talked. Uh, Russell Wilson, right knee scope. I'll give you three, Doc. You rank them in order of uh, concern. Uh, KJ Hamler, Torres Peck, uh, I think a couple weeks ago. And then Miko Hardman, core surgery, said he's going to be ready for OTAs. Um, not really concerned about any of them. I would say the fastest recovery, the, the, lo- the biggest long-term worry is, depends on what you find in Russell Wilson's knee, but not a lot of worry. We already have him in the 90s. Right. The surest return, not going to bother him, is K.J. Hamler. He's got enough time. He's out right now, but he's going to be able to work lower body and run routes. And But by the time the season starts, he'll be able to block and do everything. Mikko Hardeman is the quickest return. And it usually is very successful, but being that fast twitch speed guy, there's a small chance that it's not completely. So not really worried about any of them. But the interesting thing is if you go back to the playoffs, when everyone was talking about Lane Johnson's core muscle, at Sports Injury Central, we were saying Michael Hardman's core muscle, even though it wasn't reported. And now he's had the surgery. So different. Hardman can be back the quickest, but there's a slight chance it lingers. Slight. Hamler's going to be fine, but it's just going to take some time. And Russell Wilson should be fine, barring, you know, finding something at the time of the scope that's unusual. So good news is not worried about any of the three. Hardman needs to return quickest, too, because he's the one that actually needs to learn a new system because he's the one that's on the Jets now. Um, Hamler is one, and one that's interesting because he's going to be a second year off an ACL tear, and it's with Russell Wilson, maybe a good, better offense. He's one that I'm looking for in the fantasy in the future. He was multi-ligament, too, right? Yes, he was. He wasn't even. You, he was um, one of the lowest six individual six scores of the season last year. Is like a twenty three to twenty five, I believe that range. So we didn't have any. We didn't want anything to do with him last year. But this is something that he could improve on. This is definitely a issue with the workout injury. But if I think, think he might improve, and, and you know, he won't have as much off season time in a new system. But you know, the only worry now is essentially missing. You know, well, he played last year, but not a lot. And then he had it, the reps he's a lot of time for a young guy is, is yeah. the only concern, but he's probably not on anyone's radar. But as a flyer, he might be okay. Yeah, yeah. And and Michael Hardman isn't in a hurry to get healthy until the trade happens. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> until he knows who's throwing to him. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did want to say um uh, the owners' meeting or some quotes coming out. Uh, John Lynch said this is interesting. You're like this. Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse in QB competition. If healthy. <laughs> well, I've always said John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been very honest. The right. people saying that Brock Purdy is a lot to be ready are reporters. Right. Not mm-hmm. Lynch and Shanahan. No, it's never come out of their mouth, definitely. It's not come out of their mouth. And, um, you know, obviously so far I was wrong. They didn't sign Matt Ryan. They signed Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold yeah. They took the discount for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt Ryan. No, as a Niner, so yeah. As a Niner fan, I'm much more confident starting the year with Lance and Darnold than Lance and nobody. So it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, yeah. John Lynch is going to be uh, honest. He's always been honest. Yep. I'll tell you a scenario. You guys tell me who's the beast of the week in this one. Uh, Bay Bridge series, Giants against A's yesterday. Uh, gets in the like fifth, sixth inning. Uh, Giants are up a bit. Grounder to third, throws the second base, gets the out. Everyone runs in. Everyone, both teams are off the field in the dugout. And then Gabe Kapler, the Giants manager, comes out and goes, "That was the second out." <laughs> so everyone had to come back on the field and get the third out. Everyone just pace the play, is screwing everyone up. They're they're running off the field with two only two outs. Wait. So the umpires insane. Um, umpires all missed it. They let everybody run off the field. Game. They're like it's done. <laughs> but Gabe Kampler, I he was a uh, Phillies manager back in the day. He uh, back in the day a couple years ago. He is an analytical freak. So like I he's, 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 counting, he's counting every single out. So I mean, he's the he's a ASS as well. So he's one. Okay, uh, here's my question. <laughs> and I get it. Everyone's mailing it in. 
Today is the last preseason game. We're going to head there next. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, the kids are trying to get gear, right? Sure. Maybe what doesn't fit in your car. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. Anyways. <laughs> um, worthless junk, you know. <laughs> the, 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 it's fun for him, but the greatest part is, oh, I got to sing, got, got him to sign. Who is that? I, I don't know. I don't know. The roster, <laughs> of, you know. Um, we'll anyways, figure it out. Uh, I'd give it to Gabe Kaplan, but I need to know more. Did he wait till everyone was in the dugout, or did he start signaling, stay out there? If he's everyone the was in the dugout. He should have known immediately, right? Everyone was in the dugout. It was like in the dugout, like a two Mississippi, and then he just strolls out to the ump and goes, that was two. He waited for the celebration. Yeah, he's, he's not a nice person, Bob. He's, he did it on purpose. <laughs> I, I like the second baseman not even trying to turn two because it was, it was a tailor made uh, double play ball and he just like took it a second and started running in. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're trying to go home. You know what? Did anyone, any of the, one of the, any of the fans say anything? I, no. I mean, also- uh, the, the beast yeah. in that scenario might be the beer vendors. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Get on with it, whatever. It's it's crazy. Crazy. It was a full on game, right? Like, end the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spring train. Who cares? <laughs> now, did the pitcher have to warm up again, or did he just come out? Yeah, after needs, I'm sure he, he got some warm up tosses after eight pitches, just to add on. That's on the umps. <laughs> yeah, that's on the umps. <laughs> Get my eight in. Yep. The pitch clock is interesting. I mean, uh, it definitely. I mean, that was my first game, right? Uh, yesterday, and so it sped things up. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Less pickoffs and bigger bags too. We'll see how that affects stolen bases and stuff like that. So uh, it's big yeah. for fantasy. Yeah, we got uh, some fantasy baseball content on the website. I know Taylor wrote like four and a half pages on uh, on five guys you can trust despite their injuries. So we said like a paragraph each. So I don't know what that means. Well, as as in our Jason Stark conversation, um, my son also believes in uh, Bryce Harper coming back. So yeah. Yes. He drafted him. Might be more pressure with Hoskins out now, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. What else we got today? Sure, it's time to roll on. I think that's all I had, Doc. All right. Uh, baseball season here. Far, final four. NBA playoffs. Final end of the regular season positioning. And... Uh, Lots of football talk with the owners meeting and uh, draft not that far away. Uh, Sports Injury Central. Uh, go to Sick Insights and uh, you see the quick updates on everything. And then uh, please hit the subscribe button here and you'll be notified of uh, all the podcasts. And uh, we'll continue to have guests uh, this uh, during the off season here. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching and listening.